0: Hello, and welcome to the 2021 November Fellows Choice podcast, where we will outline the highlights of the current issue of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. I'm Emma Allenson, a Gynecological Oncology Fellow with the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists.
1: And I am Natalia Rodriguez Gomez-Hidalgo, a junior consultant at Valdebron Barcelona Hospital Campus.
0: In this first article, Not immune to inequity, Minority Underrepresentation in Immunotherapy Trials for Breast and Gynaecological Cancers, Dr. Grete presents a retrospective review of clinical trials involving immunotherapy for breast and gynecologic cancers to describe the participation of minority women in these trials. A total of 53 completed trials involving 8,820 patients were reviewed, with breast cancer trials being most common and involving the most patients. Minority enrolment was stratified by tumour site and expected and observed ratios of racial participation were calculated. Racial breakdown was provided in 77% of the studies or 7,201 patients. Race reporting was lowest in uterine and cervical cancer trials and highest in ovarian cancer trials. Observed enrolment of black women was 32 fold lower for ovarian, 19 fold lower for cervical, 15 fold lower for uterine and 11 fold lower for breast cancers than expected. The authors conclude that
1: racial inequity in trial enrolment exists and should be addressed. This study is published by Bandoria. It is the International Gynecological Cancer Society 2020 annual global meeting, a Twitter activity analysis. This study presents an interesting analysis of Twitter conversations during the virtual IGCS 2020 conference building on the recent increased relevance of social media interaction between Twitter, users and medical conferences. All tweets with the hashtag IGCS 2020 were searched during the Congress period in September 2020. NodeXL Pro was then used to retrieve the data and a cluster algorithm used to analyze the different groups in clusters based on the interactions. A total of 2,009 people registered for the congress of those 168 were active within the network with a total of 808 connecting users. The most influential account was that of IDCS itself. The authors saw that less than 10% of the members interacted on Twitter. In a retrospective single-center cohort study called
0: The Treatment of Vulva and Vaginal Dysplasia Plasma Energy Ablation versus Carbon Dioxide Laser Ablation, Anna Beavis and colleagues evaluate safety and effectiveness in patients with vulvovaginal, high-grade squamous intraepithelial lesions who were treated with plasma versus carbon dioxide laser ablation. Complication rates did not differ by treatment. And over a median follow-up time of 29 months, recurrence rates were similar between both groups at 28.6% in the plasma group versus 33.3% in the carbon dioxide group. The authors conclude that plasma ablation could be considered as an alternative treatment modality. In the study, Risk Factors for Lymphedema and Method of Assessment in Endometrial Cancer, a prospective longitudinal multicenter study, Dr. Madeleine Vaden and colleagues from Linkoping University in Sweden present their prospective study establishing risk factors for lymphedema using four different methods of assessment. The cohort included 235 women from 14 hospitals across Sweden, 116 of whom had surgery for endometrial cancer that included lymphadenectomy and 119 that did not. Lymphedema was assessed pre-operatively and one year postoperatively. Crude volume was assessed by measuring leg circumference from a fixed point just above the malleolus to the groin in 4 cm intervals to calculate estimated leg volume. When assessed as such, the risk factors for lymphedema were an increase in BMI and diuretic use. When leg volume was standardised for BMI, the risk factors for lymphedema were lymphadenectomy, adjuvant radiotherapy, ageing and diabetes. When lymphedema was clinically graded by specialist lymphedema therapists, the only risk factor for lymphedema was lymphadenectomy. Finally, risk factors when the method of assessment was patient-reported perception of leg swelling were lymphadenectomy, ageing, and an increase in BMI. While lymphadenectomy and radiation therapy were strong risk factors for lymphedema, the study highlights the need for a gold-standard method of assessing lymphedema. Next up, Natalia talks to us about the Atari trial, ATR inhibitor in combination with a lap rib in gynaecological cancers with ARID-1A loss
1: or no loss. This, pro- this trial protocol, Dr. Susan Banerjeev and colleagues present the audit trial, an international phase 2 clinical trial in which patients with ovarian and endometrial clear cell carcinomas as well as those with other rare gynecological malignancies are treated with the ATR inhibitor seralacer tip with or without the PARP inhibitor olaparib. Patients with ovarian, endometrial, and endometriosis-related clear-cell carcinoma are separated into two cohorts based on the ARID-1A status. Patients with ARID-1A loss will have seraleceptive monotherapy and if there is no response in this group, a second cohort for patients with ARID-1A loss will open. At the same population, will receive cereluzertib plus olaparib. Patients with no rid one a loss and patients with other relapsed gynecological cancer will receive cereluzertib plus olaparib. All cohorts will recruit patients independently, and in all cohorts. Trial treatment continues until disease progression, an acceptable toxicity with probable consent and investigator decision that's discontinued treatment. The primary objective of ATARI is to determine whether has clinical activity and measured by resist both as a single agent and in combination with collaborating patients with R1A loss and no loss relapse gynecological cancer. Between 40 and 116 patients will be recruited to the Parallel ARPS with results expected to be reported by the end of in this next
0: study, Dr. Ori Tal presents original research from the Israeli Gynecologic Oncology Group about the prognostic significance of pre treatment thrombocytosis in endometrial cancer. This retrospective study of women undergoing surgery for endometrial cancer between 2002 and 2014 was conducted in 11 med- medical centres in Israel. Patients were divided into two groups according to their pretreatment treatment thrombocyte count, with a cutoff level of 400 times 10 to the 9 per litre. Of 1,482 included patients, 1,392 had a pretreatment treatment platelet count of less than or equal to 400, and 90 or 6% had pre-treatment thrombocytosis. This latter group had a higher rate of high-grade malignancy, advanced stage of disease, LVSI, lower uterine segment involvement, and lymph node metastases. They also had significantly shorter five year disease free survival at 65 compared to 80%, disease specific survival at 63 compared to 83%, and overall survival at 59 compared to 77%. The authors concluded that pretreatment thrombocytosis is an independent prognostic factor for decreased disease specific survival and overall survival among patients with endometrial cancer and can serve as a predictor of poor outcome. In this interesting review, titled Measuring and Targeting Hypoxia to Improve Cervical Cancer Outcomes, the authors summarise available hypoxic targeted treatment strategies and hypoxia biomarkers for patients with cervical cancer, FIGO stages 3b or upwards. The review highlights that these strategies and biomarkers can improve outcomes and support decision-making.
1: However, more work is needed on hypoxia biomarkers, imaging studies, and clinical utility. Dr. Pertusis presents a prospective multicenter international study called BioPSAR study, ultrasound-guided preoperative biopsy to assess histology of sarcoma suspicious uterine tumors, a new study protocol. This study will be performed at 10 tertiary French centers with the objective to evaluate the possibility of a preoperative pathological diagnosis of atypical uterine muscle tumors by vaginal ultrasound guide biopsy. Patients aged more than 35 years diagnosed with a suspicious uterine tumor will be included. Uterine tumors will be considered as suspicious, if at least one of the following criteria. Rapid tumor growth, systematic tumors in postmenopausal women, tumors characterized by certain suspicious ultrasound criteria, such as size, more than eight centimeters, presence and distribution of vascularization, presence of intratumoral lesions, ultrasound, enterogeneity, necrosis, cystic components, and presence of calcification. The treatment with tamoxifen, and the last one, genetic predisposition to cancer syndrome. A simple size of 250 patients would be needed. Acrual will be completed in December 2024 with results presented in December 2029. This next study is titled
0: Adherence to European Ovarian Cancer Guidelines and Impact on Survival, a French multi-centre study. In this retrospective cohort study, Dr. Joachim and colleagues aim to evaluate and validate the ESMO-ESGO ovarian cancer guidelines as a method of assessing quality of care and to identify patient characteristics predictive of non-adherence to European guidelines. The study included data of invasive epithelial ovarian cancer patients reported to the Franco GYN database from 12 centres over 17 years. A total of 1,463 patients were included. Overall 317 or 30% of patients received complete guideline adherent care. 69% of patients received appropriate surgical treatment and adequate chemotherapy was administered in 44% of patients. Patients receiving suboptimal care had an increased risk of death of more than 100% when compared to those treated according to the guidelines, with a hazard ratio of 2.14. The authors conclude that adherence to the guidelines in ovarian cancer is associated with higher overall survival.
1: Last study is the surgical approach of the left upper quadrant for ovarian cancer in 10 steps. In this interesting surgical video, the authors present an alternative surgical approach in 10 steps to spare a transverse colectomy in a patient with a large other mental cake with advanced ovarian cancer that concludes this edition of the fellows choice podcast
0: brought to you from australia and spain we look forward to bringing you the december edition next month